You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Time to lock and load. Time to get control. Time to search for soul and start again. Welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am David Harrison, your host for today's episode. I am also a writer covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for BucksNation.com, part of SB Nation. You can find me on Twitter at DH82 underscore Bucks. As our return listeners know, I have been sick lately and haven't been able to talk to you guys uh, as much as I usually do. And someone else I haven't been able to talk to as much as I'd like to is, of course, Brent Allen of the PewterCast. And he is joining me today, as he has for many of our Thursday episodes this season. You can find him on Twitter as well at Brent Allen Live or at the PewterCast, and of course, catch his own Buccaneers podcast at the PewterCast. Brent, how the heck are you? Man, I am good, and David, buddy, I've missed you, and I've and, uh, been, qu- frankly, been worried about you here over these last couple of weeks, man, because <laughs> it's, it's been an ongoing thing for you. Yeah, I, uh, I actually rarely get sick, and I don't remember the last time I was sick for two weeks. Um, I still have a little bit of a scratch in my throat, still have a little bit of a cough, but I feel fine. And I'm hopefully, you know, at the end of this, this whole thing, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely taken me out of the, the podcast realm. I, I, there was a, there was a stretch there for about a week where I couldn't even sit at my computer to write uh, for Bucks nation. Fortunately, James and, and Gil over there were gracious enough to, to kind of give me a pass on that. But yeah, man, um, lots to talk about towards the end of the season, obviously not what we want to talk about, mm-hmm. uh, which is, is playoffs, right? Um, the, the Buccaneers have officially, uh, for real this time, been eliminated from playoff contention. So we can kind of stop all that speculation. But the big news coming out Wednesday was the Pro Bowl. And I don't know if it was a surprise to you. It really wasn't a huge surprise to me. But no Buccaneers made the team. Um, however, there's always a case for one or two players uh, to be to be on the team that were that were snubbed. Uh, looking at the Pro Bowl and the fact that there's no Bucks, how do you how do you feel about that result? You know, I think it just goes to show that the Pro Bowl is nothing more than a joke, and it's something that we um, it, it gets highlighted to us year after year. It's a popularity contest, right? Um, which is fine. It doesn't mean you've got the. It doesn't mean you have the best people in the league, right? Because uh, right. if it does, the Mike Evans would definitely be in there. Possibly JPP would be in there, um, but it, it, you know it. It, it is what it is. I fully expect Mike Evans to slide in there as an alternate. Um, somebody's going to drop out. Somebody's going to, uh, you know, they're still going to be playing or something like that. So uh, I think he'll be in there, but to not even get selected, you know, it, it's a, it's tough, but I mean, we're looking down the barrel at another five and 11 season, maybe six and 10, um, possibly seven and nine, though I doubt it. Uh, so, you know, it's hard to, it, 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 it's hard to yell at people for not selecting somebody from a team uh, that has been uh, through it over these last few years, like the Buccaneers have been. But I think the biggest surprise on, and it's, it's not so much a surprise, but a little bit of the fact that Gerald McCoy did not make it in this year after mm-hmm. having been voted in what, like six in a row. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's uh, some people, People might have said, thought I'd continue to make it, but you know the Pro Bowl is one of those things. Like generally speaking, once you get in, you just sort of keep going back. So the fact that he didn't get back in is a little, uh, little telling to me. 
Right, definitely. I mean, if I had to say, if I had to name some Buccaneers who I felt like were legit snubs, I would say, honestly, JPP and Mike Evans are really the only two. And I saw, you know, Gerald was obviously thrown out there. Allie Marpet was thrown out there. And, and I love Allie. Um, and I know he's graded pretty highly with pro football focus uh, this season and, and all that. And and don't get, don't take this as I think he's done a bad job. But that offensive line just hasn't lived up to its billing. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard when you when you play in a position that kind of relies on the rest of your, your teammates kind of also be on a certain level to really stand out and shine. So I'm really not surprised that on a national level, he really hasn't gotten uh, as much attention as he probably should, mm-hmm. um, at least as just a player reputation, even if it's not a Pro Bowl berth. But I'm with you. I mean, you, you mentioned the Pro Bowl is a joke. I'm, I'm kind of with you there. And Mike Evans talked about how, you know, not being voted to the Pro Bowl really uh, doesn't really hurt his feelings all that well. And I mean, I don't know, you know, what else he's going to say. Honestly, being asked that question, uh, mm-hmm. he can't necessarily come out and say, no, of course, I think it's crap. But, you know, whether he believes it or not, I think I, I felt like it was a, it rang true. Um, I believe him. But how do you feel about the voting format? So, th- so for those who don't know, fan voting uh, is is a very significant portion of the Pro Bowl selection process. And there have been some people on Twitter, uh, Tom, who, who's been on your show from Tampa Bay Times, he, he was talking about it today on Twitter. And and how, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. How do you feel about the voting process for the Pro Bowl? It, I mean, it's the voting process for America's Got Talent or American Idol <laughs> or something like that. It, and it's fine. I have no problem with fan voting uh, formats. In fact, our show, the pewter cast every year for your listeners who don't know, we do a, a pewter cast award show and it's entirely yeah. fan based. So I I'm in favor of that, but to call it something like the pro bowl where it's mm-hmm. the idea, the, the, the idea behind it is, is these are the best players in the entire league. That's not true. It's these are the players who happen to be the most popular or they they got the most votes, at least among fans. Um, you know the fact that it does seem to be balanced out by because uh, I, I mean, don't the players also have a portion of the vote and the coaches also have a portion of the vote? Uh, you know, you would at least think that those guys might balance out the fanboy votes, so to speak. Right. Um, but outside of that, you know, I've certainly been guilty of just voting down the line, you know, straight ticket Buccaneers all the way down. And that doesn't necessarily mean they all deserve to go to a Pro Bowl, quote unquote. <laughs> right. No, and I think there's a, there's a very large uh, constituent of fans out there who, who vote the same way. I mean, you look at, you know, Dallas Cowboys fans are historically, you know, uh, loyal to a fault for their team. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that. I mean, I don't know. Des Bryant probably got some votes from some diehards who feel like the Cowboys shouldn't have released them. You know what I mean? Like it, sure. it happens every year and and I'm with you. And someone mentioned it on Twitter today that if the Pro Bowl is going to be used as one of many markers for Hall of Fame induction, then the mm-hmm. NFL needs to revamp the voting process because having something so influenced by fans who in the very nature of the word fan, right? Uh Mm-hmm. are not expected to be unbiased like the the root you know it's the root of the word fanatic right you're you're not sure. supposed to be unbiased you're supposed to be you know the buccaneers are the best team in the nfl even at five and eleven yeah that's just the way I, you know the way that we we survive right mm-hmm. uh i wholeheartedly so agree with you and i'll tell you i have a much less of a problem with the way they vote for the pro bowl than the way they vote for the hall of fame 
And I know that's not the topic of conversation here. That to me is the one I think needs to really be looked at and examined and fixed. But I, you know, I agree with you. If they're going to use the Pro Bowl as a litmus test for some of that other stuff, then yeah, we absolutely need to revamp the way that we we vote for that. Yeah, I think we I think we agree on that. So uh, moving on, we're going to talk about uh, the rest of the season, and then of course we're going to talk about specifically uh, the Dallas Cowboys, who of course are are playing the Buccaneers this weekend there in uh in texas but first brent i need to tell our listeners about action heat so action heat has been a sponsor of the show and of the lot the locked on podcast network for a little while now and we're very excited because they actually ran to the end of their deal with locked on podcast that with, with the with the network and decided mm-hmm. that because of the results they got that they wanted to re-up so guys if you if you haven't if you can't remember hearing about it, or if you haven't taken advantage of this listen action heat is engineering clothing that will safely and effectively deliver heat to you via panels that are similar to heated car seats. I'm talking gloves. I'm talking anything you can think of to wear in the cold weather, which I know all of our listeners in Florida are just dying for warm weather or for warm gear. So actually heat clothing can reach up to 135 degrees if you need it and are powered by rechargeable five volt lithium ion batteries, which last up to 12 hours on every single charge. So whether you're in a warm weather climate or a cold weather climate, or you have friends that are in cold weather climates and in need of some relief this winter, Action Heat is a great place to go to to find out what they have and, and look at all the offers they've got. It's, it's great stuff, guys. I highly recommend you try it. Being from someone who is stuck in the frigid north right now, I highly recommend that if you yourself are stuck up here with me or if you have loved ones who are stuck up here with me, go ahead and check them out and see if they fit your price bracket and your budget. And uh, I promise you, if you buy this for somebody, they will they would absolutely love you for it. And since they're coming back right now, guys, they're offering all of our listeners a 20% off deal on your orders. All you have to do when you check out from actionheat.com is enter the coupon code locked on. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll save 20% when you check out. So you can stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat. And of course, we thank them for sponsoring, and we definitely thank them for being back and sticking with us here at the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, moving on. We're coming into week 16. Uh, Again, the Buccaneers are out of playoff contention. What's the point? Throw the rest of the season, take two more L's, get a higher draft pick, maybe get Greedy Williams, or maybe get that offensive lineman out of Alabama. I mean, that's the way that the Buccaneers have to approach these last two weeks, right? No. What? It's not. Explain yourself. No. Um, listen, I I am never for tanking. Um, unless you get to like the last half or the last quarter of the last game and you look up and you see the score from the other team and you're going to get the number one pick or they're going to, and you know, you pull all of your starters and put in your other guys to give them experience. That's about the only time when I can kind of be like, yeah, okay, maybe. But outside of that, no, listen, I I'm not for tanking these guys these guys need to put good stuff on t- on tape. They're playing for themselves as they should be. Um, but I mean, we're in a weird spot as an organization, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think the vast majority of us can agree that there will be a coaching change here in this off season. Right. Um, I mean, we don't know that we don't have any inside information. We're not looking into a crystal ball, but that seems to be the issue. And, mm-hmm. uh, Judging by body language, it it seems to have uh, already been an accepted fate by uh, the head person who's going to be affected by that. So, <laughs> you know, if 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 there was not going to be a coaching regime change, 
at this point, you're looking for this is where you you put you go ahead and put on IR anybody that might be lingering that you're going to want to save and and not hurt. But you're also going to start looking at your your other guys. Rojo's going to get more snaps, and Alex Cap is going to get more snaps. You're going to start bringing these guys in. You still play to win. You don't mm-hmm. tank, right? But you have some more flexibility with who you put in, who you take out, because uh, you're not out there trying to get your your guys killed as they start heading into the offseason. But you know, here we are. We're just two games out. Uh, this is really the time to see what we have in the other uh, people that are on our roster. And but given the fact that the the one coach isn't here is is probably going to be gone. I honestly don't know what they're doing. I mean, why would he tank the the season? He's not going to be here to benefit from the from the draft pick. So what does he care? But you know, is he also going to try to develop these other guys? Maybe. You know, uh, the only thing that I can go back to, and I find it very interesting. Apparently, Dirk Cutter to the team in their team meeting this past week, or maybe in the locker room or something. He said, "Hey, listen, uh, we're all professionals, and we get paid to do this, and we've got two more games to play, so we're going to be professionals about it. That's why they paid us to do it." Uh, that seems very fatalistic to me. No, you know? I, I, I like, totally agree. With we're going to go out here and play, you know, uh, but it's not about, ta- you know, I don't, I don't think there's a reason to just go out and tank. Uh, this isn't Madden. This isn't a, a, a video game. You know, these guys have real reasons to go out and win, but you know, it, it's not uh, put it all on the line either. No, definitely. And, and I think that, that's something I mean, I, I think in all sports fans are going to talk about tanking, but I really don't think tanking exists in the NFL in the in the traditional manner. Right. So like you look at the Philadelphia 76ers of the NBA who spent the better part of the 2010s, this, this last decade tanking um, and their players fully were aware that they were tanking. You can do that in the NBA and still get out alive. In the NFL, sure. though, like especially looking at the Dallas Cowboys, if you as a, as an organization, as a team, if if Jameis Winston, if Ali Marpet, if if all these guys go out there on Sunday with the mindset of okay, guys, we're gonna lose on purpose, the Dallas Cowboys are absolutely going to destroy the Tampa Bay Buccaneers players physically. Mm-hmm. You, you're you're talking about a game, a sport, a profession, whatever you want to call it, where. You're literally absorbing on on human body the the equivalent of a car accident, if not two car accidents, every single weekend uh, during the season. You can't tell a grown person to do that and do it for no reason. Um, so the only way I think tanking really can take shape in the NFL is similar to what we see in the preseason and kind of what you talked about with like Ronald Jones. Is it's not so much that you're going out there to lose; it's more so what you have for the future. And if you lose, it's an acceptable fate. Uh, but to say that you're not going out there trying to win. And I, I look back to Maurice Fleming when he tore his ACL in the preseason sure. and played two more snaps at 100% effort, trying to make a play, trying to keep, uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Westbrook from scoring a touchdown in a preseason game that to the rest of us sitting at home, eating our nachos or sitting in the stands you know, with our foam fingers and stuff really doesn't mean anything. That right there showed you that to these players, even a preseason game means everything. Uh, so I think that's 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 what people have to remember is is there's there's absolutely zero chance that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as an entity are going to come into this game or into Week 17 against Atlanta with the mindset of okay guys we're coming out here to lose. Now, 
might some players who wouldn't normally play if there was a playoff opportunity ahead of them. Or like you said, you know, uh, if, if Dirk Cutter had more confidence in his, his uh, employment, you know, prospects moving forward, might he coach it a little bit differently? Possibly. But even looking at that, I mean, uh, I'm sure you saw earlier about Dirk Cutter and Todd Munkin being prime offensive coordinator candidates there in the NFL if they are both mm-hmm. uh, removed from the from the Buccaneers organization. So even if, you know, Dirk Cutter thinks that all the rumors and all the murmurs and all the fan back in 2019 he's still got something to coach for he's still got something you know even uh even though he's out on the on the field taking snaps he's putting a product on tape for an owner or a general manager or a head coach out there to look at and be able to say you know is is Dirk the guy to run my offense uh for 2019 moving forward so I mean there's there's a lot of reasons uh for these guys to go ahead and go out there and play play their hearts and I think we will see them do that I just like I said, I, I knew what your thought was on tanking. Yeah, um, I, that's my thought. On, that's James's thought on it. I mean, hopefully, that's most people's thoughts on it. But it's a topic out there for discussion, so I figure we talk about it. And you know, and and I'll, I'll say this before we move on. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about the game from last year against the Saints, where we won. You know, in that final pass and uh, dropped us down a couple of draft picks. And if we hadn't done that, then we probably would have gotten somebody like a Quentin Nelson or something in this past draft. And you know, Quentin Nelson would have been great. But there's no guarantee that the Bucks would have taken him. There's no guarantee that, although they probably would have, there's no guarantee that he would play the same here as he did there, although he probably would have. But, mm. you know, the Buccaneers are in a much different position this year than they were last year. Right. You know what I mean? And, and like, this year is really different. Like, la- well, first of all, last year going into the last game, Dirk Cutter had already been named the the head coach. Yeah, the the Glazers had already committed to keeping him. Um, right. So they did. They had something to play for. They had their team. They had you know whatever the off season stuff is. Uh, you know you you end the season on a win, and you know you got you got your core guys coming back next year. That's a much better feeling moving into the off season, and and it carries. I think it carries through. Some people disagree. I think it does tend to carry through. Um, but uh, you know. It it's it, we're just in a different spot this year than we were last year, you know. So I don't know that they're going to try to lose, but uh, you know, you probably are going to see Brent Grimes pull up from some of those hits a little bit, you know, more easily. You're going to see some of these guys. Um, yeah, it's just not going to be as hard hitting. I don't think. Yeah, there may be some uh, some business decisions made out there on the field. Uh, sure. Sure. Especially week seventeen against Atlanta. I mean, I think I think both teams are going to be in a similar position, but you know, yeah. And I say not as hard hitting, but I let one of those football players come to me and tell me that they're not hitting as hard out there, and we'll we'll have that conversation. I'm sure they will be right. And, and as far as you know, and that's that's been a. I think it happens for every team that struggles. You know, the what if we drafted this guy or what if we signed this guy or, and, and all that stuff. But I kind of I, I lean back on what Ren said has said in the past about alternate universes and, and all that stuff. Sure. Uh, James really hates when people bring up Derwin James, sure, um, especially Florida State fans, and and I got it, and I actually kind of agree with him. But I had to today. I had to mess with him, so I did about mm-hmm. Derwin James making it to the Pro Bowl. Um. There's nothing that says that Derwin James would have been a Pro Bowl safety on this defense with this team. Uh, there's nothing that says he wouldn't have been either. You know what I mean? But that's just those are things we're never going to know. So it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense 
to really get too deep uh, into conversation about it. Because like you said, with Quentin Nelson, we just don't know what would have happened. Uh, So looking at that, knowing that moving forward, I want my team to win. I want to see my team win every single time they step onto the field. Because when, when we hit new years, there's going to be no more Buccaneers football. Right. And for close to nine months, I'm going to sit here wringing my hands, anxiously waiting for the start of Buccaneers football again next August. Uh, So I'm going to enjoy it while I got it. And if that's a win, I'm going to enjoy that win. And I'm going to worry about the draft when it's time to worry about the draft. And I'm going to worry about who they could have picked when it's time to see who they actually pick. Because I'm not going to waste my December wondering what's going to happen in April. I'm just not going to do it. Um, I'm going to choose to live in the moment, I guess, when it comes to my football fandom and appreciate the effort of the guys who are on this team now, because a lot of these guys, like you just alluded to, may not be on this team next year. So Mm -hmm. this may be the last time I get to see, you know, Deshaun Jackson in a Buccaneers uniform, or maybe even Cam Bray, you know, or or Gerald McCoy, if if some of us get get the, you know, get uh, for years, people have been talking about Gerald McCoy being traded from the Buccaneers. So who knows, this might be the year it happens. And this will be the last time we get to see 93 uh, play for the Bucs. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's where I stand on it. That's where I'm always going to stand on it. I think. Yeah, man, I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you. I never root for my team to lose. Last thing we're going to talk about today, Brent, is of course Dallas Cowboys. That's what we're ultimately here to talk about. Is Week 16, Tampa Bay heading into Dallas, uh, facing Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, and that Cowboys team that's trying to get a playoff spot uh, mm-hmm. here for the postseason this year. What are your thoughts heading into the game? Do you have any bold predictions for us? And, of course, who's going to win and what's going to be the score? Uh, well, David, you know me, and, and somebody actually tried to call me out on it, and I, I said, I, I think I say this just about every single time I turn around. Uh, I, I'm a fan of the Buccaneers. Uh, I follow the Buccaneers. I don't follow other teams very much. Uh, I do understand that right. the um, Cowboys just came off of a pretty bad loss from what oh, yeah. I understand. Uh, and they've, they do have something to play for, like legit have something to play for. Um, so what is that going to mean? You know, what does that mean for Tampa Bay? What does that mean that they're going to come out hungry and they're going to come out fighting and they're going to have this, you know, I think history tells me that whenever you have a team who comes out, who has something to play for and the other team doesn't, I, I don't think that that's ever really a predictor of who wins the game. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I think it's very conceivable that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could go out there and could win. Uh, the biggest thing that I'm looking at, and I'm going to look at this Cowboys game from the perspective of the Buccaneers, not so much from the Cowboys. Uh, there's been a stat that's been floating around today. The Buccaneers have lost the last 12 road games, and mm-hmm. it started with a Cowboys loss two years ago. We've not run yeah. won a road game in two years, which is crazy to think the game about. Where, uh, where Zeke jumped in the pot, right? I think it was that one. Yeah, yeah. That's that was that was where the streak started. So the question is: is is this streak going to end? And you know, there's a little bit of poetic justice if the Buccaneers in this road game. Uh, so mm-hmm. I kind of like that, just from the 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 artist person in me. You know, but is the reality that they're going to come out and win? I don't know. From what I can tell and what I have seen, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know if I want to say that the Cowboys are the better team, but they might be. I don't. I. I don't know because I. Yeah. 
I, I have no predictions on this one. I here's my bold prediction: Ezekiel Elliott won't be jumping in a pot in this game, <laughs> but he'll get he'll do something that'll get him fined for something else. He'll still no. get a fine. He'll still get that's a fine. my bold prediction. I I don't know. I you know I don't. It's man. I, that might just be indicative of where we are as a fandom. We're like, eh, well, we're going into this game. Well, see what happens. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm I wish I had something that. better for you than that, man. I really do. No, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, I definitely pay attention more to the Buccaneers than I do any other team. I do pay attention to other teams, um, especially as we're as we're leading up to playing for them. But I mean, like like I've said on this episode or this show a lot. I mean, I write, uh, you know, consistently for a website that that pertains to the Buccaneers. So of course, we're going to talk about their opponents. So I have kind of uh, ulterior reasons for doing that. Um, truth be told, like who, what's the team the Buccaneers haven't played this year? Uh, I don't know the uh, the, the, the Tennessee Titans, the Seahawks. Yeah, like I, I haven't paid as much attention to those teams as as I would if they were playing the Bucks this year. So you know, just yeah. just putting it out there for for what it's worth. Um, I'm a huge draft guy, so during the off season, which unfortunately is going to come up here in a couple weeks for me, uh, mm-hmm. I, I learn a lot about the former t- the other teams and what they did in 2018 and the holes they had and all this stuff. Because obviously, I, you know, I, I like to do mo- uh, mock drafts, which I know you don't like at all, but I like to do them. <laughs> However, I like to do them as intelligently as possible. And I can't really do that without knowing the rest of the teams in the league and what they might do. Right. So, uh, it just kind of makes sense. That being said, so here's the biggest thing I'm looking for this weekend. And, and it's the Buccaneers defense. Um, cause we've all been talking, has looked so improved over the last few weeks. And I agree. However, I'm kind of cautious about it because I also think back to 2015 when this team went on that tear and James and I kind of chronicled this on the show a long time ago, but looking back at that streak that they had in 2015, where they ran off, what was it? Five wins in a row. Yep. When you look at the teams they beat and you look at the names and you look at their history, you know, at that time and their, and their most recent, you know, successes, it's very impressive. But when you go back and actually dive into it, you realize they beat a Seattle team that was very banged up. You realize mm-hmm. they beat a Chiefs team that was very banged up. And those are the kind of the two biggest ones that stick out from that 2015 win streak. Same thing with the Chargers. They were very banged up. So it kind of diminishes a little bit of the shine off that win streak when you go back and really dive into it. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of used that lens moving into this part of the season because when you look back at the defense, and the defense has looked better, uh, and you look at who they've been playing, though, the Baltimore Ravens are not a prolific offense. The New Orleans Saints, I love Drew Brees, but they're not the same offense that they have been in the last recent you know seasons uh, with their electricity and also with Brandon Cooks. And they've been missing Ted Ginn. So their big playability has really been kind of lacking. So they're a little bit more of a simplified offense to, to play against right now. The Carolina Panthers, same thing. Outside of Christian McCaffrey, they really don't have a whole lot going for them. The San Francisco 49ers, not a very prolific offense. The New York Giants, same thing. So the defenses look better, but the defenses look better against some offenses that honestly are not playing with a full deck right now. The Dallas Cowboys are not the best offense in the league, but at least they have their offensive line, which is pretty good, is mostly intact. They've got Dak Prescott. They've got Ezekiel Elliott. They've got Amari Cooper. And I know they just came off of a really disappointing game against the Indianapolis Colts. But, folks, I'm telling you right now, if you're like Brent and you're not paying a whole lot of attention to the Colts because they didn't play the Bucs this year, 
the Colts are actually a lot better than people expected them to be coming into the season when Josh McDaniels did what he did to them and pulled the rug out from under them at the last minute. Um, they've got one of the better rookies out there in the NFL this year. They've got a rookie that has better numbers than Luke Keekley did in his rookie year. Um, so, I mean, that kind of tells you where they're at on defense a little bit. Marlon Mack has been destroying people. Andrew Luck has looked good. They're not Super Bowl champs by any means, you know what I mean? But the Colts are a better team than people are giving them credit for right now. So the Dallas you know, Cowboys really, I'm looking for, I'm looking to see if this defense is really that much improved or is it just the opponents haven't been able to kind of attack them on all all three levels? You know, it's, it's interesting you say that because even as you talk about these other offenses not really being, not really playing with a full deck, to use your word, uh, it's no secret. Our defense isn't exactly playing with a full deck either. Oh, you're you yeah, know? you're definitely right there. That's a good so, point. So to look at them, to look at this defense, which is still not quote unquote a full deck, mm-hmm. going against you know an offense that could be a little bit more legit. And I think something we've seen over these last few weeks is, is each week, really since like the Giants game, like the offenses that they face or the, the teams they've been facing have been getting a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. Um, so there's even a, almost like a natural uh, progression or a natural level up for the defense each week. So it, you're right. It'll be interesting to see the defense this week to see how these guys um, perform uh, against a much healthier offense. I, that's, that's a real good point. I'm glad you brought that up because uh you know, is this defense legit? Is Mark Duffner legit? Because I think a question, and the reason this really affects the Buccaneers right now, a big question is, is, is uh, you know, if let's assume Dirk Cutter's gone, but and it probably will mean the rest of the staff is gone as well, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. It, does Mark Duffner come back as a defensive coordinator or maybe go somewhere else as a defensive coordinator? Uh, because certainly the defense has been better since it's been under his uh, tutelage, right. but we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. So it'll be interesting to see this particular team. Plus you also have other things like Andrew Adams, you know, guy had a big yeah. week, caught three, three, uh, uh, interceptions in one game, but Dirk Cutter also said, yeah, he's still pretty much just going to be a backup. He's due. He's a free agent at the end of this year. So do we bring him back? I mean, I, I would personally like to see Andrew Adams at least in camp. Oh yeah. Back yeah. next year, uh, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, so, you know, those are certainly some things that as Bucks fans, we really can be watching for out of this next game. And believe it, believe you me, Andrew Adams is going to be looking to put some stuff on tape. Like he's got a job to play for, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really want to see how these young guys do against Amari Cooper. Uh, I'm really excited to kind of kind of see how all that transpires. And I mean, honestly, I mean, you know, the coaching world is weird. And, you know, who they hire and how they hire him and all that stuff is is also this way above our pay grade but i mean really if you wanted to you can make a case to bring back the entire side the entire defensive side of the ball the coaching the coaches because i mean the defensive line is is improving vita vea the the way that jpp has performed the way that vita vea has improved since he's been able to actually practice and come on the field right there i mean coach buckner has, has made his money as far as i'm concerned um, linebackers, I mean, Quan was supposed to be a special teams contributor only and looking at what he became, obviously, before he got hurt. Uh, Levante is, is Levante. He's always great. Kendall Beckwith coming in uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a mid-round draft pick and, and being able to immediately become a starter and have an impact. Uh, I know he missed all of this season, but in his rookie year, that speaks to coaching just as much as anything else. 
And then what Coach Maxey has done with this secondary, bro, I mean, yeah. I would be okay with the entire defensive side of the ball. Their, their coach is coming back, which is very weird for me to say, considering where this defense was not, what, five weeks ago? Yeah, um, I'm I'm not quite ready to say that just yet, but I am interested. Like, as I, I think there's still a lot of questions that have to go back to, okay, what was wrong? Like, really, was it just Mike Smith was so wrong about the defense, but everybody else was okay? Because as we've heard, they're still playing under that playbook. They're still playing mm-hmm. in that scheme. You know, you can't, you can't switch that. You just, you know, you just have some new voices out there and some new people putting it together. So, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know that I'm, I'm ready to absolve all of those guys from the defensive woes of the last three years, but I, I, it, it's definitely a question. I I for sure think that it's a question. So, yeah, I think it's a conversation worth having. We'll see what, uh, what the franchise decides to do. Here in the next couple of weeks, uh, I, th- I figure by New Year's, we'll probably have at least the majority of that picture in place and we'll kind of know what we're all dealing with moving into the offseason. Uh, yeah. So, Brent, I mean, you have anything else uh, that you want to add here to this today's episode before we get out of here? Hey, man, listen, uh, here's the thing. Uh, coaches come and go. Players come and go. We're fans and we stay. You know, yeah. we're going to be here when they're long gone. So, listen, I'm not I'm not. Um, I'm not going to spend time belittling or decrying or whatever the current people are, the current mistakes. I, uh, I'm not asking for the team to tank. You know, I'll reiterate that. I don't want to see them tank. I want to see this team win. But uh, you know, um, man, here's the future. It's certainly, I don't, I don't know. I th- and despite what other people say, I'll say this. I think that the Buccaneers have one of the most attractive positions for a potential head coach. Uh, with the openings that are going to be there this year. I really do. So um, I, I'm hopeful to see what the Buccaneers, what the Glazers are going to do. Uh, I think the idea of whether or not they bring back Jason Light is going to be a huge, huge, huge question mm-hmm. that is much more murky, uh, at least as far as fans go, than um, what they do with the head coaching position right now. Yeah, no, I'm definitely with you on that. And and like you said, just to echo what you said, I mean, no matter who's playing for the Buccaneers, no matter who's coaching the Buccaneers, who's drafting for the Buccaneers, uh, we will be here. I will be here unless I'm sick yeah. and laying on my couch, you know, pretending <laughs> to be dead. Uh, you will be here, of course. Um, and for all of you guys, thank you, of course, as always, for listening to us here at the Lots on Bucks podcast. You can catch everything that I am doing at Bucks Nation or on Twitter at DH82 underscore Bucks. Of course, catch Brent on Twitter at Brent Allen Live at the Peter Cast. Make sure you download and listen to his podcast. I do every week. One of the best ones out there if you're not already on board with that. Uh, That's going to do it for us today. Make sure you come back Friday as James and I will be back together dropping our final preview of this weekend's Clash Against the Cowboys. Have a great Thursday and rest of your week. And thank you all for joining us here at Locked on Bucks. Just a little ten piece for it, just to blow it in the mall. Doesn't mean that we involved. I just what? I just uh, put a Richard on the card. I ain't go playing ball, but I'll show you how to gotta do it. If you really wanna ball, till you five when you're back against the wall, and a bunch of need you to go away. Still going bad on them anyway. Saw you last night, but did it all day. Yeah, a lot of murk coming in a hard way. Got a sticky and I keep it at my dog's place. Girl, I left you loving magic, not saw shade. Still going bad on you anyway. Whoa, whoa.